I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Friday Views brought to you by Yahoo Sports Canada. You already know the deal. Like, subscribe, share with your friends. My name is Iman. And I'm joined by my lovely Dishes and Dimes co-host, Yasmin. Yasmin, how are you? How are you? Hey, what's up? I, what's up? Let's see. I'm feeling kind of average right now. Kind of like your 2021-2022 Toronto Raptors. Is that a segue for you or what? Uh, the Toronto Raptors. Super are, average. Super just, unremarkable. <laughs> in, but like in the weirdest way possible too. So the Raptors are the most average they literally have the 15th net rating. That's how average they are. Smack dab in the middle. They're 500, 23, and 23. But they're average in the oddest way. I feel like most of the time when we talk about an average team, we're saying they're like middle of the pack on offense, middle of the pack on defense, middle of the pack sort of everywhere, where the Raptors kind of operate in the extremes which brings them to the middle. Even in the games that we watch, we see them beat the Milwaukee Bucks. We see them lose to the Detroit Pistons. We have the same thing going on with the Hornets and the um, Blazers. It's just, it feels like extremes with this team. What are your thoughts on this last week or two of Toronto Raptors basketball? Um, yeah, it's just every time they um, have stretches where you're like, okay, they might be putting it together and they might go on a, another win streak here. Um, they kind of bring us back down to earth <laughs> with a couple consecutive losses. Um, but, you know, I like it's I guess, never consecutive. It's a win. It's a loss. It's a win. It's a yeah, loss. It's like give and take, give and take. You yeah. never get too high, never get too low. They're a very true uh, 500 team at this point, uh, which I, I guess um, towards the halfway mark of the season, it could be kind of encouraging to know that um, without the necessary changes, without a, um, I, it, do they have the worst bench in the NBA? I think so. Yeah, even with those, like, uh, I could look up the metrics, but just I, whose bench is worse? Even the bad teams they played, their bench smacks us. Like they yeah, have the Kings. The Kings are the only team we're rivaling the Kings. <laughs> yeah, it's really bad. Um, so even with those conditions, they still play um pretty, like even even under those severe conditions, they're still playing well. Uh, well enough, I guess, to be able, be in the play and race. Um, so it'll, it, I guess if you want to look at the bright side, the encouraging thing is that perhaps with a couple of uh, fringe changes, they could be competitive. They could be a 51 team, um, an annual 51 team. So um, I, I, you know, I, I if you want to take, um, you know, besides that, another silver lining could be that the starting five has been really solid um, despite being in and out. Now Fred VanVleet has been out. Um, Gary Trent Jr. has just come back. Um, Scotty has been finding a bit of a rhythm, um, despite kind of being in the midst of a, of a, um, rookie plateau, um, halfway through the season. So, um, he's not having those single digit games, I guess, anymore. So 
that's a good sign. Um, you know, um, Siakam has been great. OG has actually found a stride the past couple of games, I think. Um, yeah, I think he's been pretty good. Um, so under those circumstances, I feel like it's hard for the front office to be like mad mm-hmm. <laughs> heading into, um, you know, the approaching trade deadline. It's really like, how could you be mad if the team is uh, in the plane race and you still have yet to do any uh, moves, any changes? So yeah, I'm really excited to see um, the kind of um, things that they um, plan to do, what they, what positions they look to reinforce on the bench. So it's going to be interesting. It's it's interesting that you say that. I don't think the front office should be mad at anything, of course, because the fact that the Raptors <coughs> are hanging in with what they're doing. But I do think it's a little bit frustrating for them that they don't actually have a good feel on what this team is. I don't think anyone can have a good feel on what this team is because the Raptors being healthy is a fallacy at this point. You're never going to get, I think, I think you've come to this point where we're more than halfway through the season and you've just not seen your team healthy. You just don't know what they look like when they have their top eight guys there. And I don't know that you're ever going to get to that point. And part of it is like a chicken and the egg thing, because if you're playing a six man rotation, guess what? One of those guys is probably that minutes wear and tear is going to result in like knee soreness or guy out for because of an injury and this, that, and the third. And so when Gary Trent Jr. comes back, Fred VanVleet goes down. When Pascal comes back, OG goes down. And we just keep seeing this mishmash. Yeah. And I don't know that we're ever going to get everybody together healthy as long as yeah. you're playing these really short rotations because it feels like the wear and tear eventually hurts the guys that are there. And it just, yeah. it's a little bit of a mess there. So it, it yeah, I think. I think the best they can do is to help uh, widen that margin of error because a lot of teams have been missing guys within the um, top of their rotation. Even yeah. the Bulls have been missing um, uh, Lamelo. Uh, no, Lonzo. sorry, um, Lonzo. Yeah. And um, Caruso was just Caruso, Caruso hurt now. Yeah. So um, I feel like the, what the Raptors can do is get the talent to widen that margin of error so that if the Raptors are missing two guys in the main rotation, it's not that big of a deal. You know what I mean? Exactly. I think that's the luxury that the top teams Good in the teams conference have. enjoy, you know, where they can, they can go out without maybe a starter or two. The Miami it's, Heat. it's not going to make too much of a difference to their, like they're going to expect to win still every night, yeah. you know? So I feel like that's what's needed because right now, if they're missing a guy within that top seven rotation, it gets kind of dicey. The, mm-hmm. um, Offense is already wearing thin. They're already lacking and shooting so severely. So, um, you know, you really notice it. When someone like Fred Van Vliet's down, the floor shrinks more than it already does. So, yeah. And that's a, that's a great point. That's something if we just look the bubble year, right? Just like two seasons ago, the Raptors never had a healthy rotation and it didn't matter. They still really finished with what the second best record in the league. And that's because you could withstand injuries when your team was so deep. You look at what the Miami Heat are doing without Bam and Jimmy for as long as they've been out. And Kyle Lowry's been that main guy and he's carried them to an incredible, and then now Kyle's gone and and Jimmy and Bam are able to do it. So yeah, that's what good teams have. And that's not where the Raptors are right now because they're building because they lost Mark Gasol and Serge Ibaka and Kyle Lowry and Denny Mm -hmm. Green and all of these key guys. Um, But one of the places that they can look to make upgrades is the NBA trade deadline. And I kind of felt like the Raptors would stand pat for a good chunk of the season. And I'm off of that now. I think the Raptors are going to look to really make a move, but it does matter on what's available. What what do you think? 
yeah, I think they're going to make a move, but I don't think it's going to be as severe as people think. Mm. Like I see people thinking that they're going to package the entirety of the bench to get this, you know, one guy or something like that. I think the Raptors they can't do that. Just like yeah, they, it, it they financially can. will not work. The Raptors need a minimum of 14 players. They're up at the tax already. Like yeah. they're basically right there. There is yeah. no scenario where they're packaging multiple guys for just one person in return because they have to bring in more because the money matches there. And then now yeah. they have to fill up the roster with more vet minimum yeah. guys. And they're not paying luxury tax for this team. They're yeah, not. no, they are not. Um, not within the next two years, I don't think. So um, not unless not only that, I think they deal. really, I think they did, they found something um, special in Champagne and Delano mm-hmm. that they want to cultivate. So I don't see them severely reducing the minutes those guys receive. I think they were going to see them um, playing. Um, I think they're, yeah, I think they're going to be prominent on the court. So um, considering that, yeah, I don't think they're going to trade um, for such a, a game changer as some people may think. I think they're going to look for guys who can um, be on the court and aren't defensive liabilities and can uh, c- c- can um, uh, space the floor further. Because the I think that has been the main issue. I think the Raptors have ample playmaking. Their defense is adequate. They um like I, I feel like they have everything locked in every um, aspect of the game except when it comes to I feel like the rebounding has improved too. They're I think they they are among the top in the NBA in offensive rebounding. I believe they're tied for first in the NBA in offensive yeah, rebounding. Yeah, it's such a huge difference from before. Yeah. Um, but the the issue has been spacing. That has been like the constant. They've had. Yeah. Uh, I feel like the injuries have really messed with their defensive consistency. And plus, they're a young team. I feel like the, Nick Nurse's schemes, especially with the switching, can get really complicated and it will require time. Um, and it's looked better to me, mm-hmm. but at the same time, um, spacing is not something that you can kind of gloss over. Teams become smarter in the postseason if the Raptors plan to make the postseason, uh, which I think they do. Um, they 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 know that teams are going to key in onto the fact that um, Pascal Siakam is not a prolific floor spacer. Uh, Scotty Barnes is not a prolific sports uh, floor spacer. Neither is Ken Birch. Neither is um, uh, Chris Boucher. So um, they're going to key into uh, to this fact and it's going to negatively affect that their biggest. We're players. already seeing that with how many yeah, you are throwing yeah. the zone at the Raptors right now because you can't bust a zone if you can't shoot. right? Like mm-hmm. It's just that simple. Um, and so we're, we're seeing it already with how teams guard the Raptors and it, it has hurt them. Yeah. Yeah, it's not um, it's not something they, that they can rely on right now. And it's it's funny because it's always been like a strength of past Raptors team. They have always had like more than adequate shooting. It's never been a, yeah. oh, we need, to, we need to get more. I've never thought like, oh, we need this team needs more shooting. This team needs more shooting. They've always had a number of 40% shooters on the team um, like or really versatile shooters in Kyle yeah. Lowry. So um, it's like a new issue. Um, and yeah, I, I think that either this, we're going to see them, um, go for those type of, um, just, just above average floor spacers that can come off as like a ninth, eighth man, or we're going to see them, uh, go for a, um, a ball handler who can really get to the rim and create space so that even average shooters can get really clean looks, um, which I think is a possibility. So we'll we'll see how their what their approach is. If they take if they take a ladder approach, um, it means that they're willing to like really develop this crew. That the goal is to really just grow and have them play for a few years before or a couple years before they actually really uh, tackle a championship window or contention window. So I think this team 
is we've seen it in the past Raptors teams where you just want to kind of get them used to winning. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where yeah. it's clear that the Raptors were not trying to aim for championships um, with that 2015, 2016 crew, 2017, 2018 crew. Um, I'd say 28. Uh, well, I, I think 2017, they're trying to get to the finals. Were. Yeah. Um, but 2016, 2017, because that's when they made the deals for Serge Ibaka, PJ Tucker. Yeah. I think they were yeah. So, but, it. but I think that the, I think we're, uh, we're a year or two away from those yeah. kinds of moves where yeah. it's clear they're aiming for a window. So I think prior to that, you just want your players to get used to playing each other. And that's kind of what we're witnessing. Yeah. And it, I, I completely agree with you on that. And Michael Grange recently came out with, with his story talking about the actors, Untouchable, and you, you kind of mentioned it there, untouchable guys, Odi Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet, and Scotty Barnes. That's the Raptors' core. And mm-hmm. anything around that are probably more movable guys. Now, is there anyone you're sort of looking at in particular, outside of obviously Goran Dragic, that the Raptors may move at this deadline? Um, I think a possibility is... Um, Chris Boucher and Gary Trent, I think. Um, I obviously Gary Trent is a difficult one to see happening um, because he's been so offensively productive. But I feel like what he brings is probably the most replaceable aspect, which does not mean that he doesn't do it so well. Um, but you look at his contract, you look at how well he's playing. He's just a really appealing contract for a lot of teams I feel like a lot of teams would fight over Gary Trent Jr mm-hmm. uh, and you package him up with someone like Chris Boucher who can play actual minutes um, on a good team I think that he can really produce so um, you know um, when you consider those things and <laughs> especially his recent play which has been a complete completely different player he just seems to um, be focusing on defense and energy his defense has been really really good um, when you consider those things, I feel like they can actually get something quite decent for those two guys. Um, you know, I'm not sure it happens. <laughs> I, I I think they let Gary Trent play for a year before they do anything crazy uh, with his contract. But yeah, Chris Boucher and Gary Trent is an appealing package, I think, um, for a host of players that are like, mm, I, I don't even know how I would rank them, but if if they are looking for a floor spacer to come off the bench as a six man, um, that would be that would be an interesting, I think, thing to do. But the thing is, like, I feel like a lot of the issues for the Raptors would be um, quelled with like moving Gary Trent to the bench. <laughs> but I feel like he's too good to do that. You know what I mean? So it might, in yeah. a twisted way, be easier to trade him, um, start a center, and then get a adequate six man off the bench, and kind of just disperse the talent a little more on the Raptors because I feel like they're so top heavy right now. Yeah. They might need to just kind of bring some of that talent to the bench. But yeah, um, that's a package I think besides Goran Dragic. Goran is like an easy one because of that, um, the money there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like he can be. I feel like that contract can be dumped off to a, a tanking team. Yeah. quite easily but um yeah I'm not sure I'm not sure what for or um I feel like would the Raptors be required to give up picks to get rid of that like would they be like maybe like, if uh, it's if it's a tanking team like the Houston Rockets for example who maybe want to get off of two years of Eric Gordon and just get an expiring for Goran Dragic where you're saying okay we're gonna yeah. take on a guy like Aaron Gordon Eric Gordon is shooting 45 percent from deep which is 
insane. Um, yeah, so he Raptors, like I would not mind. Yeah, he would be. I think he would fit in really well off the bench just in terms of the shooting that they need. So if they're bringing in a guy like that, and I, I think he just might be too high of a value right now where I don't know that Justin expiring is something that you can get for Eric Gordon. They might, might even want or like seconds or something. Yeah, like and maybe the Raptors are willing to do that to to beat out other teams in the Eric Gordon sweepstakes because I think he's going to be someone that I think he fits in with the Raptors. It's just like it makes sense because you just want him as a shooter. So like that could be someone yeah. Else. Yeah, he's the exact sort of like eighth, ninth man shooter I'm talking about. Yeah, he's not really needed to do much. The team has a lot of playmaking. Up in the corner. Yeah, yeah. So ideally, like a Karis Levert type and a Eric Gordon would be really yeah. cool. I think because then you have the ball handling, someone that can get to the rim, and then you have someone who can space the floor right there. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope they don't go just all in financially. I just don't know that that's gonna work. I don't think you can. Yeah, I'm not sure either. But like, that, I I just hope won't. they don't go for like a Tice or something. I feel like center is not really okay. So worth. Yeah, I was gonna ask you. Okay, so we're gonna get into this because in terms of what the Raptors need, a lot of people are pretty in on either some bench scoring, shooting in particular, or a center. Number one center that's kind of been rumored, at least a lot of Raptor fans really want in on a guy like this, and it depends on what his asking price is. I think initially the asking price, a little bit too high. He gets hurt. The asking price comes down a little bit, and that's Miles Turner. Um, Would you be, and Miles Turner, he's young. He's the same age as OG Ananobi. He's a great rim protector. He's a good floor spacer. Is that someone that you're interested in the Raptors trading for? Um, if they can do it for a good price without giving up any of the main guys, yeah, go for it. But a lot of the suggestions involve trading OG or something like that, which Done. I'm very much against. <laughs> I'm not, I feel like that would be very dumb. Would um, you be willing to do two picks, two first round picks? Because that's kind of the initial asking So the initial asking price was two first round picks. I think you can probably go for a young guy. And a first round pick. So if it's a Malachi Flynn and a first rounder and then whatever money they go on to make it work, I'd be down to do that. Yeah, um, I'd be down to do that. Yeah. But if it's anything more than Malachi in a first. Sorry? But if it's anything more than Malachi in the first, if it's the two firsts that Indiana was rumored to be looking for, is that something you're interested in? Yeah, two firsts is too much, I think, too steep. Me too. Um, especially like since the Raptors are kind of average, their picks are not terrible. Like the Raptors can do a lot with like a fringe lottery tie um you know near the 20s or something like that they can do something with that like that's a great pick that's the like, picks and that turn also into you og you or something you know? it is the picks that turn into og and, and and beyond that like the Raptors have done so well with their first round picks that like i wouldn't want to give them up but beyond that two first round picks means because because mm-hmm. of the stepian rule it's not like back-to-back picks so now you're like into that sort of 2026 range like what are we looking 2024 am I jumping too far ahead and it's just like do we know how good the Raptors are gonna be and what that pick actually turns into I don't know I'm I'm less um excited about that because I don't know that Miles Turner is much of a game changer that I'm just like the Raptors are undoubtedly going to be a top three T seed in the east I just I don't know that I see that yeah I don't think I'm not sure that's like a, that's a, that's the, that's the type of, that's like a Sergi Baca acquisition type thing that you do when you're like, okay, we're on the cusp of something or yeah. we have a window that we can leap into. Um, yeah, that's not, I don't think that's worth it. I don't think it's worth it until we see the Brooklyn Nets really disintegrate. <laughs> Once that happens, I feel like it is an arms race after yeah. that, but uh, in the time, for the time being, 
just do enough to win 50 games. You know what I mean? And it won't take much for them to do that. Right now, I feel like they're like a 40-win team. So if you can do something that can um, increase those margins of error, um, I think that they're in good hands. All right. So someone that you just mentioned, another Indiana Pacers. I don't think that there's any space for DeMontis Sabonis being a Raptor. His asking price is even higher than Miles Turner. And he just doesn't provide exactly what the Raptors are looking for in terms of the, like he's, he's too expensive. Um, but Karis LeVert, someone that you mentioned, are you interested? What, what do you, what would you be willing to give up for a guy like Karis LeVert? I know that you're already interested in him. I have my questions about adding a guy like that to this team. Um, but, but let me know what you think. Um, yeah, I, let's see. Um, I think Chris Boucher, um, if they let go of Miles Turner to another team, I feel like Chris Boucher could be an appealing um, acquisition for, for the Pacers because they need someone to fill out that um, center role. So um, Chris Boucher could be a good piece for them. Um, Goran perhaps for salary because I do know that he's making, I feel like he's million. a little less. Than, sorry? He's making a little bit more than Karis right now. No, I mean, like, how much is Karis making? Is that... 17.5. Yeah, so I heard that it was something like that. Maybe we'd have to take something in return as well, which wouldn't be bad. They have so many, like, bench shooting guards that I feel like we could just kind of sneak in and take. Um, but I think I would go as far as trade, perhaps Gary Trent even, for Karis Levert, because Gary, I feel like, like I said, I feel like his expertise is replaceable on a team even though what he does has been like so helpful for them. But I feel like the way Karis can get to the rim is something the Raptors can really like, is something they really need right now. And I, I guess I believe in it a lot because I've seen, like I watched the Pacers and I see something really special there. And I think that he just doesn't receive enough um, um, responsibility. I feel like if he had the responsibility of coordinating the entire bench, it would be really interesting to see. I feel like he can, he has like benchmark potential. Um, and he just strikes me as a guy who can like win you some games in a series or something. You know what I mean? Um, that's just kind that of hurt my I heart think. when you said Gary, I'm still in, in shock. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I really he's like Gary, but I just feel like older. He's like, yeah, he's a couple not, years older, but he's like, like, he's like five or six years older. He's 27. Yeah, Gary's yeah, 22, yeah. but and 23, Gary's, Gary's 22, 23, maybe he's, He's born in 98, I want to say, and, and he's... Yeah, so like 23 or something. Yeah, he's been um, four years apart. But beyond that, like, to me, the issue with a guy like Karis LeVert, at least, like, I, I personally would not mind Karis LeVert, depending on the price point. But the problem is, he really does require the ball in his hands. Whereas Gary Trent Jr. Kind of, um, sorry, just, yeah. well, I feel like that's kind of needed, because if you look at the bench unit, no one knows what to do. Like, I, I, they rely on, like, Chris Boucher post-ups a lot of the times. Like, it's like no one wants the ball. Even Scotty doesn't quite know what to do in terms of running a unit yet. I feel like Karis is a type of guy who can dribble and make something happen. You know what I mean? doesn't always have to end yeah. the hit. But I, when I see, like, when Siakam and, like, Van Vliet sits, it gets really, like, weird out there. <laughs> like, I feel like no one really knows what to do. Um, OG can't run an offense yet. Um, even Fred, when it comes to running an offense, I feel like if the team has taller defenders, 
it gets like it, there are issues like he has issues with the entry pass he has issues with um dealing with the height of other players when it comes to playmaking yeah. even though i think he's a great play, playmaker now so like i i feel like it would just bring them over the edge of a little bit bring that um playmaking to the bench someone that can, that can just destabilize the defense a little bit because i feel like they have talented cutters on the bench and i feel like jelana can really become a talented cutter um and um yeah i just i i, I like it I'm, i don't think i won't be disappointed if it won't happen i don't think it's gonna happen it's just kind of like the idealist in me that i'm like i could just see it working something it's just a vibe I just it makes it. me it, like the the idea of gary i i i wouldn't want to see that i don't mind yeah. harris avert coming in i just because what gary does yes it is the most easily replaceable but he's he's not expensive he's a great off-ball threat which is what the Raptors need he provides a shooting Karis LeVert is not a particularly great three-point shooter he's not a particularly good three-point shooter he's not even a particularly good catch and shoot guy which it, the Raptors I, I think I think where I'm coming from is I want to watch a lot of those other guys develop as playmakers and I think uh, develop as ball handlers and and I want the ball yeah, in yeah, Scotty's hands and I especially with the bench guys I want the ball in Delano's hands I want the ball in Scotty's hands and I want them to grow with that and I don't yeah. know that bringing in a guy like Harris Avert really helps with what the future of this Raptors team is yeah. which is oh, I get that, six, nine, yeah. six nine guys with the ball in their hands and I think if Harris was a better off ball threat I would much rather his game and in just looking at this because i know that you've been a big proponent of this and I, I i trust your opinions on things and so i was really looking into this to see um because i like care so and we as raptor fans we watched him in a first round series right Good, yeah <laughs> hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you that's right we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Boy, not, yeah, he's... He's a good player. He's the same age as our, our like the Pascal Siakams and the Fred Van Vliet. So it's not like he works outside of the Raptors range right now. But in really just looking at his numbers this season, he's kind of had two different seasons. He's had the pre-TJ McConnell season and the post-TJ McConnell injury season. And prior to that, when he did have to play more off ball, he was just, I think his averages were 13, three and three on just abysmal shooting. He shot under 30% from deep. Uh, 40% from the floor. And then post the TJ McConnell injury, he's averaging over 21 points. He's averaging over five assists a game. Yeah. And he's shooting great. I want to see Scotty. I want to see OG. And I want to see these other guys have the additional responsibility. And we just have yet to see a Karis LeVert be um, a good side piece, right? Like he couldn't do that yeah. with the Brooklyn Nets. He can't do that with the Indiana Pacers. He needs the ball in his hands to operate. And if we can't maximize his value, I just don't yeah. know that his fit with the Raptors is all that great. 
yeah, it's not, it's, it's going to be something that they're going to have to restructure around a little bit. I just like the, um, I feel like there's something lacking. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know you right. see it too. There's something lacking in terms of creation. For sure. Um, with the bench, with the bench unit, you know, they just seem a little lost. Um, I'm not sure how they quell that. If they're gonna like bank on the development of of people like Scotty to run those bench units mm-hmm. um, when the starters, when some of the playmaking starters sit, or if they're gonna actually re- just replace the, the playmaking altogether. I yeah. can see them going with the former, like Scotty has shown already what is he averaging almost four assists right now I think so yeah as like the third offensive um playmaking option on the yeah. court so that's already impressive he's averaging more assists than Bam um he's already like shown that he can make something happen um yeah maybe you just give him those reps yeah um and not stunt his ball handling his um development as a playmaker by getting somebody who's already going to eat up those usage minutes so um, yeah, no, I, I can, I, I can see that. Um, I can see them op- instead opting for like, even like a Justin holiday <laughs> instead yeah. of those pacers. Um, I feel like he's always cooking us too. Or as you said, like Aaron Gordon. So, um, Aaron Gordon. Yeah. I kind of like, I'm, I'm kind of in on like the Aaron Gordon thing. Um, no, now that you mention it and then the 45% shooting, he's like a big shock taker. I feel like he's like, yeah. someone you can trust to play playoff minutes, obviously Definitely. Um, he has that experience. So, you know, why not? And like a veteran sort of leadership, he'll be the oldest player, or, um, yeah. like by a, a long shot. And he's, like you said, played those sort of significant playoff minutes uh, with the Houston Rockets. So I, I like that idea. I just wonder what he's going to cost because I think that a lot of a lot of um, contenders probably are looking at a guy like adding him because he he's just like the perfect kind of like plug and play. He doesn't need the ball. He doesn't really need to do much, and he's just gonna. <laughs> He's gonna get you. Um, he's gonna just gonna provide great spacing to your team. Now, some yeah, I'm gonna have to look at his how his numbers at the rim. If his numbers at the rim are solid, I think they should pay whatever. Uh, pay, <laughs> pay, pay, pay whatever. Two second round picks. <laughs> um, it'll be interesting to see what he what he goes for there. But I I can see them wanting to do that just to get off of the second year of his contract, and you give them an expiring and Goran Dragic. I think that that works. Now, someone else that Raptor fans have kind of been ogling a little bit is another center, a uh, former Raptor, Jakob Pertle. What are your thoughts about adding right. a guy like Yak, who doesn't off he doesn't offer the floor spacing in the same way that Miles <clears throat> Turner does, in the sense that he's not a great three-point shooter, but he is a good sort of off-ball cutter. He's also a great screener. So you can kind of it's not like he's gonna necessarily hurt your spacing in that way. Because of the yeah. way that he's able to move. Um the I feel like he he would be perfect on the team. Like I love the idea of him playing on the team. They don't have I feel like they have a lot of average screeners, but Jakob would be the best screener on the team. Yeah, and I can just imagine him creating a huge ton of space for yeah. the ball handlers on the squad. That would be like a godsend, especially for players that like Fred who need the space to be at their best. Um. Yeah, and they just yeah they're just missing that someone who can roll really strong. Someone who's like bigger than most players oh, on the court almost every night. We're, we're precious. But like the issue is that it would probably involve like cutting out precious or chem or both. <laughs> like I don't chem hasn't been healthy. I think kind of the thing is just like having the insurance there. Yeah, like and like do you you wouldn't trade chem because he like the whole reason he took no. a pay cut was to play in Canada. So yeah. I, I wouldn't want to trade kind of ugly. So. I wouldn't want to trade him. Um and I you know, Precious might be tough to watch sometimes, but they're banking on his upside as a second-year yep. player. 
you know, players deserve that two-year window to kind of prove themselves. And um, I think he's shown enough flashes to kind of earn some minutes on the court. Um, so, yeah, I still, how much does Jakob earn? Is he already on a new contract or is he waiting to get paid? I think he's waiting. Let me see. He's making 8.7 and then he makes 9.3 next year, 9.4 next year. And then he's going to be an unrestricted free agent in 2023. Okay. So you have more good touch. Um, Two years. Wait, yeah. This so year, next year. This year. Okay. Year. Not terrible. I don't think he's going to like crazily out earn his contract um, unless he really becomes like Rudy Gobert, <laughs> which who say he doesn't like his defense has been phenomenal. So um, I feel the, just the idea of the Raptors being able to just reinforce that um, interior defense with a guy who's not. Um, terrible like he he can really uh defend the pick and roll like he's such a sound um seven footer traditional yeah. um center you yeah. know what i mean he's about as good as you can get from that position who's not a superstar yeah um yeah. so i i i just like after even like the bulls game seeing them get beat <laughs> in the inside uh just Vucevic easily getting those hook shots over Boucher and Pascal and you're like these guys are defending the best they can <laughs> they can't even like challenge that hook shot in the least without fouling or or without like um yeah without fouling and getting in the way and they, they just look so helpless and I'm yeah. like when it comes to the postseason that's going to, going to be exploited so hard and yeah. then you have like with guys like Vucevic in particular and so many centers are like this in the league where um, they can, if, if you send more than one guy, they're going to make that correct pass to the yeah. perimeter. Like it's, it's now it's a required skill for players like him now. So, yeah. um, they were getting burned by that the other night. Um, so yeah, having and a guy. And then on the offensive end, just the way that he's able to just help your half court offense. You mentioned it, which it's, it's going to help the offense. It's going to help the defense. You saw with Marcus Gasol, when yeah. you can just put one guy on the center of the other team, you get, you, your other guys don't have to worry about switching. I feel like yeah. switching. Make, people make it seem like such an easy defensive scheme, but like if you're a half step off, <laughs> the entire defense falls apart. Yeah. Um, it's actually quite difficult. Like I feel like um, having a guy who could just kind of sag back and protect the rim is so underrated. Like we saw how much stronger those teams were when we just had a sound seven foot center. Um, protecting the Milwaukee them. Bucks know exactly what that means with Brooke Lopez. Yeah, like, is. oh, yes. <laughs> It is so needed. Like the Raptors beat the Bucks recently. Yeah. Brooke Lopez being president would make it a different story. Brooke oh Lopez would be dancing in the face. It would like the the fear that guards had with the Raptors and getting into the paint was when Brooke Lopez just stood in the middle. Like absolutely no one drove at all because they were terrified. Yeah. And then the game that the Raptors beat the Bucks, I'm like, they outscored the like they had more point points in the paint than the Bucks. Like they just completely dominated inside against the Milwaukee Bucks. That's what happened when you have Bobby Portis inside yeah. and not and not <laughs> um and not Brick Lopez, which is going to be really interesting for the Milwaukee Bucks moving forward. And also, like I mean, the Cavs are a perfect example of this having Jared Allen. Like it's just necessary to have a guy who can protect the rim. Yeah, yeah. It's just um. Yeah, the best defenses are thriving doing that right now. So, yeah. Jakob would be, if they just got Jakob, that'd be a good offseason to me. <laughs> like, yeah. just acquiring Jakob, um, maybe like just some um, fringe shooter who can provide a little bit of spacing out there. Maybe someone of the Spurs. Like, what was the package people were talking about? Jakob Pertle and uh, Doug McDermott. Yeah. 
that was a package people were suggesting it. I'm like, that's kind of appealing. <laughs> like it is. You get, yeah, you get everything you need you in one spacing. package first. Yeah. And I feel like with some uh negotiating the Raptors can get that done because the Raptors they have, they have a good relationship with the, this season. They've got a good relationship with the San Antonio Spurs. They'll get it done. Yeah, something um, there. Hopefully they don't hate them. <laughs> We're getting you the You get Yak and Siakam reunion. I love a skills in a yak reunion. They were supposed um, to get Siakam in that trade. And then we end up getting Yakub back <laughs> to play with Siakam again. Uh, maybe maybe Popovich <laughs> doesn't remember. <laughs> <laughs> that was his bad. That was his bad. Um, so I, I'm interested because I, I kind of see Chris Boucher as someone who could very easily be moved. Now, he's been playing spectacular, but I kind of look at him as a very norman powell-esque guy not that they play the same way but when you had norm you had the high highs with norm and you had the low lows and he was about to be an unrestricted free agent and he was playing really great basketball which means you had to open up your pockets and um because he was older uh, older but a year older than pascal siakam and norm powell but because he was older or not and because he was about to make a lot of money and because he wasn't consistent, you had your high highs, you had your low lows, and you really kind of wanted to someone to grow with the team. They ended up trading him for a Gary Trent Jr. Now, Chris Boucher is <clears> in a very similar situation. We saw his high highs that he's having recently. Yeah. We saw his uh, low lows. Um, so do you think that he does get moved because the Raptors are going to try and not have to pay him in the offseason? Yeah, I, I don't see them paying him again. Yeah. Um, not even in a in a, in a bad way, um, especially since his play has been really solid uh, lately. But it's just that his um his contract, I feel like that he'll be earning, coupled with the amount of minutes he plays on the team. I, I feel like the only reason we've been seeing him get so much play is because of Kem's absence. Mm-hmm. If that wasn't the case, I feel like his minutes would have been very limited and that whatever contract he'd be up to earn the Raptors wouldn't be able to provide and justify. So with those things considered, um, with the inconsistency of his play, I feel like it's just, um, just it's not really a rule that I feel like the team, it, that satisfies the deficiencies of the team right now. I feel like they need a little bit more paint presence. Um, but, you know, his shooting turnaround lately, I feel like can get them a really good return. Um, and I feel like he'd be up for decent money. I feel like yeah. there is space on a team for him out there. Um, but it's just that I think he, it's run its course with uh, the Raptors, this iteration of the Raptors, at least. So, um, yeah, we'll see how that turns out. Um, but I feel like the quick turnaround he's had lately has really turned him into an asset for their team, for, for the team, um, where they can kind of people can uh, they can justify his inconsistent play with the inconsistent conditions of the team right. uh, pretty easily. And he has his play from last season coupled with his play as of recent. Yeah. Uh, I feel like they can kind of create a case, you know what I mean, with their package um, and, and perhaps add it with another player on the roster and get some something quite good. Um, but yeah, Chris, like it's not I think that, yeah, he's run his course with the team. Um, but it's not like like they need to get rid of him under any circumstances. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if he's not moved at the same time, but I think that he's going to be moved. I feel like he should have been moved last season, um, but yeah. they missed an opportunity. They had to let him play a little more, and I feel like now they have another opportunity where his players turned around where they can't miss the window once again. I just don't see him staying, you know? I agree. I agree. 
Um, and now to move away from trades and on to um, one of our young guys that are performing really well. He had an on-court altercation uh, with P.J. Washington of the Charlotte Hornets, and that's Justin Champagny. And the NBA has just put out that they've both been fined $15,000. And one of the worst things, I think, is a double technical because I'm like, pick pick a culprit, blame him. Um, but that's this crazy. this is now a, a double fine. What are, you, what are your thoughts? Um, first of all, uh, Champagne has been awesome. I talked about him a couple, I think a couple episodes ago, um, where like he has such a solid, um, foundation Mm -hmm. for a rookie where it's like, if this guy gets one offensive move, he's going to be like earning great money. He's going to be such a solid role player. That's his one offensive move. Just put put the ball back in. Yeah, put it back in. (laughs) Get your miss and put it back in. Um, yeah, but if he gets like a go-to move of sorts where he can just kind of even if it's like a corner three or something mm. it doesn't have to be anything remarkable it can be even like a hook shit something you know what I mean um mm-hmm. uh yeah he's going to be he reminds me of Siakam in that sense where like he gained his spin move and it turned into the solid role player um that could be you know like a starting quality player like his foundation is just so sound like yeah the way he rebounds is like where how where did he come from you know what i mean when you're seeing yeah. him play um but yeah off topic that a little bit um why doesn't the nba have like a sliding scale they should for their um fines they in should. reverse to technicals like it's it makes no sense why is a rookie on a two-way being charged the same as players earning millions tens of millions of dollars like, how does that make sense? Like, you just heard the story today of Embiid playing, paying, um, what was his name? AJ, um, I'm going to have to search it. It's the rookie um, yeah. on the Pelicans um, who was charged $2,000, which is yeah. like a significant amount of his contract. <laughs> uh, Jose Alvarado and Joel Embiid were drawing at each other this week. Uh, it was friendly. said. Oh, Alvarado said that Embiid paid his fine. There you go. Yeah, to a two thousand dollar fine where Embiid covered. Uh, I'm sure the Raptors will figure it out, or they'll get an MLSC to pay. I don't know if that's allowed, but as long as the money goes towards the uh, association somehow, some way, I hopefully one of the best. But like that's so that's so gross. <laughs> it's honestly, I think it's one of the one of the issues with the NBPA is that. Um, it's a so, lot like who's representing two way players. There. That's the, like, that's the problem. The representation is just the best players in the league. The top so, twenty five. The top twenty five players in the league. So what we're seeing is a lot of like the rule changes that have made. Like you know, um, what was it? The sliding scale that was made for older players, so that guys like Chris Paul and LeBron James can make more money later on in their careers. Things like that really do benefit the one percent of the league. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and nobody really pays attention to like it does not make sense to have someone who is making like $500,000 a year pay the same fine as someone making $50 million. Nobody's making that, but you know what I mean? Um, it just doesn't make sense to have a guy paying the max and a guy play, uh, making the min also have the same fines if they get if they get a technical or if they get into an altercation or yada, yada. That yeah. makes sense. But I think that that's the problem with the NDPA is there's just no representation. It seems like for- such a, um easy rule to enact like it seems like just like a logical um inclusion into the um contracts like it just seems like something that makes so much sense and so easy but it just goes to show how there's no one representing representation matters you know the guys on the end of the bench that are making eighty thousand a year like they exist you know regular middle income money 
Um, obviously, they get their sponsorships and some and whatnot, which bloats their um, earnings, but they're still earning a fraction what some players earn per day, per yeah. half day, yeah. <laughs> for the entirety of the year. And the fines are just one and the same. And it, it, like, it doesn't make any sense. But until you get actual representation from two A guys in the NVPA, who's going to make a case for them and who's going to be who's going to be their lawyer there yeah yeah we'll we'll see how um if if there are any changes i feel like this year is the first time i've heard it brought up <laughs> um <laughs> often you know so hopefully um you very rarely get two-way guys getting in trouble though i think they're smart with their money like how often we cover all the injuries and COVID absences that yeah, we're like i feel like i've been hearing and seeing so many two-way guys play lately yeah. and i love it because it just kind of right. provide it kind of enriches your viewing experience but um so many issues that i've never thought i'd think about have come up so much lately especially with the um the plethora of 10-day contracts that have come out mm-hmm. and just seeing so many new faces it just brings out a host of things that have probably never been considered before for the a lot of weird so, inequities where it's just like that's yeah, like, wait, this is completely wrong yeah. <laughs> all right thank you so much for joining me for another episode of friday views uh it's so interesting that two or two weeks away from the nba trade deadline and i look forward yeah, to talking to you around then <laughs> me too yakapurdo we i you know what you've convinced me i'm all on board on the yacht to toronto train All right, that's the new agenda. That's it. Peace out, everybody. Bye. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.